further with it. Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. And so this morning, I'm actually going to share something that I've never shared before that many of you don't know. So I've prepared something special for you this morning. And it might come as a shock to some of you, but you don't know everything about me. Turn the warning on. So I bet, I bet you didn't know that I could play the violin. Surprise. <laughs> so you know you belong to a family who love, honor, and support you when you put them through something as painful as what I just put you through today. And yet you still applauded me. (laughs) Wow. Grace, grace, unearned favor. So welcome, everyone. I'm glad you're still here. (laughs) Welcome, guests. I promise that I don't normally, normally make it a habit of playing the violin on Sunday mornings. And so you can be encouraged. So thank you, Pastor Bob, who's downstairs with the children this morning, and Pastor Sibili, for allowing me to share. So if I was to auction off this violin, after what you just heard, one of two things is going to happen. Number one, it's going to weigh under sell, because that was a very poor example of its potential. And number two, you're going to give me all the money you have just to keep me from playing this thing again. Okay? So if I could have the ushers come forward. No. Unless you want to. You're Feel free to, I, I can put the case out in front of me if you like, and you could just throw a buck or two in there. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Uh, that, that, that wasn't deserving enough for any money at all. Wow. Grace, grace. So this instrument was meant to be a reflection 
of the one who plays it. You guys, I was, I was kidding about, okay. Thank you, though. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so again, you guys, this instrument was meant to be a reflection of the one who plays it. So what does that say about me this morning? It says I need to take a few lessons, right? Yeah, huh. So there's a poem that was written back in 1921 by Myra Brooks Welch. It tells a story of an old violin. In this story, it's obvious that the violin is worn and well used, that it bears the marks of time and relationship. This violin is now up for auction, so the auctioneer holds it up to the crowd to begin the bidding. He starts the bidding at $1. Who will give me $1, two, maybe three, he says. No one raises their hand to place the first bid, so the auctioneer sets the violin off to the side. Then an elderly man from the back of the crowd stands up and makes his way to the front. He picks up the old violin, tightens up the strings, and begins to play this beautiful song. The crowd is silent as they listen to him play. After playing, the old man sets the violin down and makes his way back to his seat. The auctioneer picks up the violin once again, holds it up to the crowd, and begins the bidding. Only this time, he opens the bid at $1,000. Who will give me $1,000? Two, maybe three, he says. The violin sells, and the auctioneer hands it off to the highest bidder. Before the man could sit back down, the auctioneer asked, Sir, can you tell me what made the difference? The man who purchased the violin said, Isn't it obvious? It was the touch of the master's hand. You see, we will never know what this thing was created to be. And we will never know the beautiful music it's capable of without the master. My question is this. What happens when the master gets a hold of us? If you'll turn to Matthew 19, 26, we'll read this together. The scripture will be posted up on the two screens. And we'll read that together. It's really cool. I think Mike, Pastor Mike, was reading my mail this morning. It says this, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You see, our, our potential becomes God's potential in us and through us, and his potential is limitless. His potential is limitless. So as followers of Christ, why does God open the door to limitless potential in us? 
It has to do with the revealing of his grace. And we're going to look at that this morning. So I've shared this story with you in the past, but with much less detail. I was a terrible student. Terrible. Terrible. It started first in grammar school and worked its way all the way through high school. Early on, I was placed in special education classes to help me get through. And because of this, my teachers informed me that my potential would be limited in life. That I could only go so far. So those who were responsible for my education and development placed limitations on my life. School was different back then. The points system that we know of today wasn't in place. And so teachers would just push you through to get you out the door. I was one of those students. And so when I graduated, and I use that term very loosely, I was convinced that I couldn't do it. It had become an absolute in my mind. Wasn't going to happen. Higher education wasn't even a thought. Until I met the God of all things possible. And wouldn't you know it, he sent me to college. <laughs> right? Wow. But to get accepted, I had to send them a copy of my high school transcript. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, you're going to have to put like a blinder over their eyes. <laughs> because there is no way that they're going to let me into college after that. My wife, she, she took one look, look at my transcript and she went, wow, honey. I, I didn't know it was possible to get a score that low. All things are possible. <laughs> Actually, my wife has always been my biggest supporter. Thank God for godly wives, supportive wives. Miraculously, I was accepted into college. But I had to prove to them that I was serious by writing a few papers before they would even let me through the door, right? So before school even started, I'm, I'm doing homework. At the time, we lived in Montana, so this required me quitting my job and moving my family to Oregon. So when I say that my wife believed in me, she had to leave everything she knew, right? Pack her bags and support a man who had a grade point average in the lower double digits. Who wants to get on that train, right? My wife, my mom, the Lord, and after 12 years of life with you guys, I've added you to my list of people who love and support me. Ephesians 
chapter 2, verse 7 through 10 out of the Message Bible, it says this. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower his grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. To join him in the work he does. To join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we have had better be doing. You see, church, I've never worked so hard as I did when I went to college. Not only did I have to, was I, was I fighting with this mindset that was established in my life very early on, but I now have a family. I have to find another full-time job. And I have to find time to go to school. Many of you have done the same thing. But I didn't sleep for three years. And I had to teach myself how to study. Because I didn't know how. I didn't know how. You can bet that I did a little whining. You can bet that I did a little complaining, a little crying, a lot of crying. But in the midst of all that hard work and struggle, hardship, and self-doubt, and at, at times shaking my fist at God, telling him, God, I can't do this. I wrestled with the demons of self-pity, worthlessness, fear, and discouragement. All the while, God is playing this song over me as I fuss and complain and yield myself over to his grace. You see, church, sometimes we can be a little bit messy. But this, this is where I came face to face with grace, the God of all things possible. And I became one of the top 10 students in the entire school. I say this not to brag because I fought God all the way. Listen, God isn't afraid of our whining. He's not surprised by our complaining. He knows us. He understands us. 
If we have to fuss and complain, get it out of your system, and then by faith, give him some praise. The reason I share this with you today is to hopefully paint the picture of the prosperity that comes from yielding to grace. The title of my message this morning is called The Prosperity of Grace. You see, the revealing of God's grace over the course of my life has been and continues to be my most treasured gift. But the depth of his grace is something that we learn and discover over a lifetime of yielding ourselves over to the master. We don't just wake up one morning and go, oh, so that's what grace is. Oh, so that's how you play the violin. You see, grace is this ongoing, life-transforming discovery. And throughout our lives, we see God weaving his grace and hard work together. But Pastor Don, how can that be? Grace is this free gift, unearned favor. Yes. But there is a partnering, a partnering that takes place between the master and the instrument. I can get up here and I can play this violin, but if I haven't developed a relationship with my instrument, if I haven't spent the time with my instrument, we will never truly see its purpose or its value. And again, you will never know what this thing was created to be, and you will never know the beautiful music that it's capable of. When I was a new believer, I thought this Christian life would be easy, right? That this is the answer to paradise on earth, right? Say goodbye to hard work. Say goodbye to suffering. Say goodbye to pain. Say goodbye to need. Say goodbye to struggle. But the truth is, like the old violin We bear the marks of time. We carry a few scars. We've had some disappointments and regrets along the way. We've suffered loss and experienced pain and hard work. We've been in a few battles, haven't we? That doesn't all go away. It doesn't all come to an end. Not yet. Don't misunderstand, church. Life is good in Jesus. Mm. There are a lot of benefits that come from knowing him right now. Mm. We experience those benefits every day. Thank God for grace when we complain. And thank God that by faith we can put an end to the complaining. To be honest, I'm not sure how anybody makes it without him. 
But I do know this. I'm looking forward to the day spoken of in Revelation where God wipes away every tear. There is no more suffering, no more pain, no more loss, no more regret. You see, church, we've tasted of his goodness here on earth. But when we get to heaven, we get to enjoy the full meal deal. Hallelujah. We've got a lot to look forward to, don't we? But it doesn't mean that we can't taste of his goodness right now. If it first begins with yielding to relationship and letting God do what he does best, create something beautiful in us and through us. You see right, right here, this book, it was written in such a way that you can't really know its treasures or experience its benefits outside of relationship. This, this book was meant to be interpreted through time, trust, faith, dependence, sacrifice, blessing, communication, Commitment, hard work, intimacy, grace. One of the greatest tra tra tragedies in life is that this book gets interpreted by people who aren't in relationship. People who aren't in love. This is where we discover that we don't work for favor and acceptance we work because we're favored and accepted. When one tries to interpret this book outside of love, outside of relationship, outside of co-laboring, all you hear is discord. I can play this thing again for you if you like. <laughs> but the truth is I haven't spent the time necessary. And it's obvious you see, to truly understand grace, we must first understand who God is and what it cost him. And you learn that right here, and right here, and right here. There's no way that we can understand this through hard work alone. If you're trying to earn his favor, his acceptance, you will be disappointed with yourself every time because nothing we can do is bigger than the price that he paid for us. Yes, sometimes the road is challenging and we don't like to talk about it and we don't like to ask for help when the going gets tough and the work gets hard. But if we neglect to talk about real life, we just sit silent in our chairs even though we're struggling and complaining on the inside. Listen, God put us together for a reason. But when we draw a line of silence and we cover things up, God never gets a chance to play something beautiful and we miss out on this little taste of heaven that he has prepared for us today. 
But when we yield ourselves to him, it's in these moments that God's grace shines even brighter. I think sometimes we want to come across like we've got it all together. Like that's the true sign of success. If that's the case, then why do we need grace in the first place? When we realize that we can't do this thing without him, when we surrender ourselves and cry out for help, that's when the real music starts. And God is seen and heard through the testimony of our lives. That's the prosperity of grace. To see a life yielded to the Father becomes a life of limitless potential. And there's a lot of potential in this room because we serve a God of limitless possibilities. If you're in a season of difficulty, I want to encourage you by saying God is developing something beautiful that will become the testimony of your life. God wants you to know that you're doing okay. Share your battles. Share your struggles. And share your victories with one another. There's this saying, and I think that we've all heard it. It says, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, does it still make a noise? Well, I'm going to resolve that once and for all by saying no, it doesn't. Church, it's time for us to make a little noise, to come together and make some noise. I'm going to be the most vocal person in this house when it comes to sharing my testimony and my walk of faith. And you're going to hear me whine a little bit. You're going to hear me complain. You're going to hear me shout out to God, God, I can't do this. But when the victory comes, I'm going to jump and I'm going to shout and I'm going to testify of the goodness and grace of God in my life. Hallelujah. Church, make some noise. Even if it's messy. And let grace carry you through. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So again, as followers of Christ, why does God open the door to limitless potential in our lives? So the testimony of our lives would become this beautiful song that captivates an audience and reveals the master's touch in a life that has been transformed by his grace.
I wish I could play this thing like it was meant to be played. Because that would be a perfect ending to my message. You see, we will never know what we were created to be. And we will never know the beautiful music that we are capable of without the master. This instrument, it was, a, it was meant to be a reflection of the one who plays it. When the master gets a hold of something, our purpose and our value is revealed. So this, this was a very difficult lesson for me to learn in my life because how, how I viewed myself. And so I think it takes an act of faith for each of us to step outside of ourselves for just a moment and yield ourselves over to God and to grab a hold of by faith the, the God who is all possible. Everything's possible with Jesus. Everything. You may not believe it. And you may cry a little, whine a little, scream a little. But God, he has limitless potential in your life. And he wants to make it a banner, a testimony, a testament. So he can reveal, so he can shine his grace out of you to an audience, to people around you, to your friends, to your families, so they can see the grace of God, the glory of God revealed through a life that's surrendered to grace. So this morning, if you want to touch from God, I'm going to ask you just to go ahead and stand up, and, and it doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe you're in a place of victory. Or maybe you're in a place of pre-victory. You haven't quite made the breakthrough yet. You haven't quite gotten there yet. Well, God wants you to know. He wants you to know that you're okay and that he's on your team. He's on your side. That's what I love about God. Even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of our complaining, even in the midst of all of it, God's potential is limitless in and through us. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to pray for all of us that God would just help us to see. He would reveal to us our potential in Christ. So Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're playing a beautiful song through each and every one of us, Lord. A song that's going to become the testimony of our lives. Help us, Lord God, to see past the immediate and look toward what you're doing. Look toward what, what Pastor Mike shared this morning about that race, that we're all running a race. Father, help us to run it as a marathon and not a sprint. So, Father, I just, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would just inspire us, God.
Give us each a new revelation of your love, a new revelation, God, of who you are in us, and help us to stand, walk, and run well. So others will see, God, the touch of the Master's hand in our lives. Father, thank you that you are the Master. Thank you, God, that you are revealed in and through us. Thank you, God, that we are moving forward, and it's only good. We celebrate you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, church, thank you. Thank you for sitting through my, <laughs> my debut violin. I promise that'll be the first and last time that I ever do that unless by chance God inspires me to pick up the violin and actually learn it. But I'm not going to say and I end up probably never going to happen because every time I say that's never going to happen, something happens and I end up having to do it. And so I'm not going to say that I'll never do it, but chances are that will be the only time you hear me play. So anyway, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Enjoy the sunshine. And uh, God bless you. If anybody, I'm sorry, if anybody does need prayer this morning, I'm going to ask that you do come forward. Um, Kara, if you'd come forward, please. Michaela and Jace, if you want to come forward. And uh, we'll pray for you this morning. God bless you guys. Thank you.